and the autonomy is awesome. Now just give me what I need to do or let me know what I need to do. I work down my list until I'm done and then I'll have to do something else. But um, yeah, I love it. Jera, 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 it's such a pleasure to speak with you. How are you doing today? Same here, it's a pleasure as well. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Weather's changing, it's beautiful outside. Spring is here. Got a little allergies, but I'm pushing through. So what can I say? But right here in Phoenix, it's already got the AC on. It's like 91 degrees and I'm kind of cold right now. I got my blanket next to me just in case I get too cold. But yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I'm starting to, I'm starting to sweat just thinking about that. Oh man. Well, y'all y'all, you know how this conversation goes. We're going to start from bulk of the journey Jared has taken to get to where she is right now in tech and then we're going to go further and talk about the brain, which is symbolic of the mindset. One needs to have not only to be where Jared is right now, but to scale from there. So without further ado, Jared, we would love to hear more about your story, your background. Take us back to the very beginning where you were born and raised. And let's start from there. Awesome. So I was born in actually Raleigh, Kansas. My father was in the army. That's his picture back there. I mean, you can see it. I try not to cover it up purposely. So, you know, this will tie into the story. But yeah, I was born in Fort Raleigh, Kansas. I was raised in Gary, Indiana, though, for the vast majority of my life. Um, my parents divorced when I was two years old, still living in Fort Riley, Kansas. After they divorced, I went with my mom to Gary, Indiana. I was there for decades, like until I, you know, in my mid-20s, late 20s or something like that. Moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I have a strong background working in higher education and HR, respectively, seven years in each field. So I moved to Atlanta, plenty of schools out there for me to, you know, get to choose an interview with. Um, I worked, um, that was my first job I had, you know, when I relocated to Atlanta. Um, was in higher education for several years. Then, um, you know, I just kind of got to a point where I saw all I needed to see. Um, I got really comfortable in, the, in that area. I just wanted something new, something different. So I made a choice to, um, to move to Phoenix. I've been here a little over a year now and um, I love it, but I made the choice to move again because I just needed a change of atmosphere, change of pace, things like that. Um, so I found a job. It wasn't in tech, of course, um, but you know, it, it opened many doors to where I am right now though. So I found a job. Um, I sold my house in Atlanta. It sold within three days because back then that's when it was a seller's market. So I was really lucky or blessed when it came to that. Um, packed up my things, packed up my you know, Toyota Camry, got on the road, and the rest is history. Um, so when I was here in Phoenix for about a good father, got really sick. He lived in New Jersey at the time. Um, so I had to take some time off work to travel to see about him um, while I was within a, a life, within a span of five days, he passed away. So very, I was not prepared for that at all. It was very stressful. Um, I had to stay in New Jersey, you know, of course, to plan the funeral, um, clean out his house, get other things together as well. So when I got back to work here in Phoenix, I was so forgetful. I honestly got to a point where I didn't care that much about my clients' problems because at my, you know, my thinking news are bigger than theirs. So um, I was just really, I couldn't focus. And I'll, you know, share more about this story later, but that's kind of what prompted me to um, 
transition into tech because my father, he had a job, he loved his job. He got a lot of awards, great, great recognition and all of that. But um, I was in a place where, you know, the job that I had prior to transitioning into tech, I didn't, didn't like it, to be honest. It wasn't somewhere where I saw myself long-term, not even considering retirement. But, um, and also when my, um, I found letters or notes of places he wanted to visit when he retired. And um, I thought to myself, you know, I don't want to be in that place where I'm waiting to retire just to live my life. So I'm like, why don't I um, pursue tech so that I can work remote and then travel while I'm working? You know, take my laptop with me and work in between wherever I am, you know? Um, so yeah, that's me. And that's why I was interested in, in you know, I'm breaking into tech. Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? Yeah, no, that's very interesting. First of all, I will be remiss if I didn't say my condolences to you at this time. Um, I know that you recently got into tech, so... This is not years and years and years ago that this happened. And even if it was, I would still say the same thing. And because once you lose somebody, right? Once you, when somebody loses someone close to them, it takes over time. I won't say it gets easier. You're just able to manage it differently. You know what I mean? And so that's, 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 a, that's the thing I always like to highlight on our show because this show as much as it's about tech, it's about the human experience. It's about the stories behind the people that break into tech. Because we need to see ourselves stories to not only have a great level of empathy, but a great level of hope and admiration to be able to say we can do it too. Um, so I wanted just to make sure I said that as we continue to have this conversation. Thank you so much. I always tell people um, grief is something that never really goes away. Like you said, it's just something you learn to work around. And um, yeah, my father is my inspiration for getting into tech because of what I experienced with his death. Yeah, it just made me realize my, my own mortality and just not wanting to be in a place where I'm just, just to be working just to have my ends met. In actuality, God wants us to live in abundance and working in tech and having all my transferable skills from higher education and HR, I just knew that it would be a great fit for me. And, um, it'll, honestly pay me well too yeah let's talk about that um hr right we're gonna go back a little bit further than that though so so you are doing it well in atlanta hotlanta right as they say uh you were having a good old time uh <laughs> but it was like you saw all you needed to see and you wanted more uh can you talk a little bit about that 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 desire to see more right uh, because a lot of people may be like you know they may be feeling stuck in their environment they, they, their job is keeping them where they're at, but you you decided that, hey, I'm going to try to push past that. Can you talk about your mindset at that particular time of your life? 
Yeah, before I get into that, I just want to say I could be in a different situation than some people that are watching this because mm -hmm. for me, um, I don't have a family. So it was easier for me, you know, pack up my things and just move like that. Yeah, to answer your question, I'm, um, I do a lot of self-reflection and I know uh, I can be kind of free spirited in some ways. And I knew that I wanted to move to the West Coast, but I didn't want to do Las Vegas, didn't want to move to California either. So I literally, and this cracks people up, I tell people this all the time. So I literally said, oh, Phoenix looks like it's cute. I'm going to move there. <laughs> Until you get there, you fry an eggs on the sidewalk because it's so hot. It's ah! <laughs> something you definitely get used to. Like my first summer here was last summer. And I said, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. But now it's to the point where I'm saying things like it's only 90 degrees outside. Um, yeah, I just knew that, you know, I wanted to live here on the West Coast. Um, and also, too, for those that are listening, of course, some people may know this already, but they pay you more on the West Coast, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cost of living is a little bit more, too, as well. But for me, I live in a place where I don't really have to drive if I don't want to. I can walk to places. I can catch the train out here. So I'm not paying that much on gas. Um, so I did do quite a bit of research before I made my choice and I had a job lined up as well. Um, I got here on a Saturday. I started my job on that following Monday. So that's how, how fast everything moved. So yeah, I would just say, um, just know yourself, know what you want, do your research and make sure you have something lined up. Don't just come out here or wherever you're going to or trying to go to and wing it, have a plan in place. Okay. That's good. That's good. And how do human resources prepare you for tech? Hmm. Um, just being able to talk to people from very diverse backgrounds. Um, I was able to hone in on the skills of asking great questions, um, having active listening skills. Now, I will say this, though, in, in HR, I never worked as a recruiter or I never, um, you know, I was never a manager or nothing like that. I was um, like the right hand woman or, you know, the assistant director for several years. So I did do some panel interviews, but I never interviewed anyone alone, but I did a lot of observing. Um, I know all there is to HR except for recruiting and, um, you know, the hiring and firing process. But um, yeah, those, those skills helped me with um, breaking into tech, especially with interviewing. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, and the reason why I asked about that was because I always like to to talk about people's previous work experience. You get scared, but there's so many non-technical tech jobs out there that mm -hmm. you don't realize the transferable skills you have. So if you're thinking you don't have what it takes, listen to Jared's story, listen to my story. You you have transferable skills that you could take to the place. If you could talk to people well, that is great. Communication is key. If you're a great listener. That is key. So definitely go ahead, click that link below and try out the free introductory course with Course Careers. It has changed. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, I want to definitely talk about your experiences with Course Careers. How did you find out about Course Careers? Tell me a little bit more about your story there. Okay. So let me go back on that a little bit. So during that time, when my father passed and um, I, was, I went back to my job, I came back here to Phoenix after that whole experience in New Jersey, um, I couldn't focus at work. I was just, I felt like I was useless anyway. So I, I resigned. 
Um, during that time, I was unemployed for, what was it, about four months until I broke into tech? Yeah, at least three or four months. But, um, you know, in the beginning phases, you know, when I was just at home grieving and, you know, processing everything, that's when I started tuning in more into Instagram and I saw Cyrus live streams and his um, interview with Anthony O'Neill. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's when I learned about both um, course careers and career. I chose careers because I wanted, um, well, I thought I wanted to be in, in a live environment where I could ask the instructors questions right then and there. And also too, um, I needed to be around people, you know, dealing with what I was dealing with. And that did help a lot, just, you know, having that community. But um, yeah, I went to career I interviewed for quite a few sales engineer positions, but I, of course I didn't get them. So then that's when I um, started interviewing for SDR, BDR positions. Got a role. Um, I was in my role for about a week and a half, two weeks. And then I thought to enroll in course careers because I heard a lot of great things about it. I kept seeing people's posts about how great the, the course was. And also, too, um, I had never had a sales position before, and I wanted to submit my training with my job with the uh, instruction from Course Careers. So, yeah, that's why I chose Course Careers. Hey, family, it's Joseph here again. Now, you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually want to introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof, and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity. And get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description. And use my promo code JOSEPH10. That's right. Use my promo code JOSEPH10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not gonna delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. So that's interesting. So you did to a tech bootcamp already, careerist, mm -hmm. and you decided to, and things were, it was a little bit more of a struggle getting a sales engineering role. So you stepped into tech sales and you already had the job, but you went to course careers to be able to supplement your under, your, your learning, your education, your understanding of the mm -hmm. role. So that way you could do it better. That's, that is pretty cool. Um, and the reason why I say it's cool because that shows that you're like, hey, I want to be the best I can be. Yes, I've always been an overachiever. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. No. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I was just saying that um, I'm glad I did that, too. So currently um, I'm still in the course. I've made it past everything. I did the practice test, but um, I need to study more for the actual test. I thought that I could Sunday. It'd be cool to pass this test on Easter Sunday. So, but um, <laughs> I sat down, took a deep breath. I'm honestly not ready. <laughs> so let me study a little bit more, but I'll take it this coming uh, Saturday and I'll pass it. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a very important question because you're one of the rare, and this is like a, probably one more other person that I had that actually were in two different camps. And so I'm going to have to ask you some questions about that because if people want to know careers versus, not versus in the sense of com, com, being combative, but mm -hmm. careers and course careers are totally different. Can you share like a contrasting experiences that you had with them, some similarities that you, that you saw between the two of them? Uh, so that people that are like on the fence about what course should they take 
they could probably look back at this and say, uh, I'm trying to figure out which one should I do? Which one should I take? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So to compare the two, I will say both careerist and course careers, they have great instructors. Trent, he's awesome. And the instructors I had too, while I was at careerist, they were great as well. Some of them may not be there right now. I think two or three, I don't know, have gone on to do other things. But um, yeah, the instruct instructors were great. Now, if you're gonna do careerist, even though the classes are recorded, I would highly recommend those classes live. You just get a better experience that way. Um, I see to contrast them, not to be negative, I'm being completely honest. Uh, with careerist, when I was enrolled in careerist, at least, um, the mentors weren't that knowledgeable. Mine was, but other people that were in the course with me, some of them had not to say but mentors that weren't as knowledgeable as others so that's when i felt the need to step up and offer my expertise with resumes and, and interviews that's when i stepped in and, and helped them and also too um on the point of community when i was talking about i needed to be around people because i was grieving honestly i never said this before to anybody but honestly that helped to heal me just knowing that mm. i can during that time when, when I was grieving, it took my mind off a lot of things. Yeah, that's when I decided to step in and help people who didn't have that guidance from their mentor at careers. Um, that's the only thing, but as far as course careers goes, it's 10 out of 10, um, amazing experience. Yeah, I, I think that you did, let's just, just think about that mentorship piece. That makes a huge difference. Well, one of the things I liked about course careers is that you, in a way, you find your tribe within course careers, and it may not be a part of your exact cohort like they used to have it. You may find people that you randomly connect with, and you then kind of walk this journey with them. You might meet up on the days that are assigned, or you might just meet up whenever, even outside. I've had conversations with people. I've reached out to them and say, hey, what's going on? But how are things going on with this area? Objective handling, how's fanatical prospecting going? And even in the Discord group that they had, you had that. And so power that mentorship can play is is pivotal, pivotal in regards to the experience one has at a tech boot camp. So so mm -hmm. for those that are part of that are in leadership at boot camps, listen here. You heard it from students that are saying strong mentorships make the difference or having a strong community. Like you said, you're grieving. Having that community is so important. So, mm -hmm. so I'm glad you shined light on that. Now, I, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this because, again, people have questions. So you did the sales engineering boot camp versus uh, SDR boot camp. Now, mind you, you already had the SDR boot camp. So it, it obviously shows that becoming an SDR is very uh, is, is is easy. Can you talk about the difficulties of becoming a, a sales engineer? Because some people are not too sure about that either. I thought if you go to the boot camp, you can become a sales engineer. What's the problem? But can you talk a little bit about the differences in those two roles? Yes, with my sales engineering, um, specifically with my interviewing experience, I get jobs easily. Not trying to brag, but I interview really well. And um, I would make it to the third and fourth round of the interview process when I was interviewing for the um, sales engineer positions. But for some reasons, whatever they were, I wouldn't get the job as a sales engineer. Now, one piece of feedback was shared with me. Um, they said that I didn't sound excited enough during my demo. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if they wanted me to 
tap dance or yeah, it just got to a point where it was like i want to experience the interviewing process and not have to do a demo so that's when i um changed my resume around a little bit um added some some of those um transferable skills that helped me to get into an sdr or bdr position yeah, it, it was easier for me it may not be that same case like, compared to my sales engineer interviews and my sdr bdr interviews piece of cake and i was going to actually ask you now that you're talking about it how much more and i think this is obvious but i want to dive a little deeper how much more was experience brought up when you're uh, interviewing for being an se or a sales engineer versus having experience when you're interviewing for SDR. Mm -hmm. Which one made it a point to point out the fact that you lacked experience in either of those positions? Yeah, my SDR, BDR interviews, all they asked me was, um, how do you feel about getting on the phone and speaking to um, potential clients or prospects? That's all that they asked me. Now with the um, uh, sales engineer, interviews uh, they kind of drilled me on my experience and sales experience i didn't have any um so yeah that could have been a factor too uh, as to why i didn't get the job but at the same token why was i moved to so many rounds when you saw beforehand that i didn't have this <laughs> i'm saying the sales experience so it's, it was just so eventually maybe one day i will start you know interviewing for more or applying for more roles but right now i just want to get the sales experience under my belt and also move up within the company that i'm in too yeah no that's that's good that you have it so it seems like you have a plan of what you want to do you want to get that experience at sdr you want to move up see yourself how far you can go and if the opportunity presents itself then you might try to pivot into becoming an sc and just to clarify for those that are watching because i get this question a lot can you go from sdr to sc not necessarily. That's not like the trajectory of SDR or BDR. The trajectory is SDR, BDR, and I'm going to actually break it down to smaller things real quickly because people ask these questions a lot, so I want to make sure it's clear. Okay, so SDR, Sales Development Representative or Business Development Representative, BDR, the next kind of motion or, or the next kind of chain in that, he was considered a senior SDR. And then after a senior SDR, depending on what organization you work in, it could be a... Uh, a specific group here called the inside sales rep or the isr and then from isr they basically handle the whole sales cycle um but then that sometimes promotion from there if it's not equivalent to e-role in some organizations it's not is the account executive role and then there's just so that's kind of like the trajectory of a person trying to grow in but when it comes to sales engineering it's a whole different animal <laughs> it's still and it has a multitude of different names from sales engineering to solutions architect to so that there's pre it's a whole different animal on the side here right uh mm -hmm. people that kind of get into those roles have a mixture of ae skills plus a mix of software engineering whatever because some sales engineers actually code so it's a totally different and correct me if i'm wrong but from my understanding it's a totally different animal on this side um you're right. And thanks for breaking that down because I may have made it um, a little bit confusing for people. Oh, no, you're, you're good. I just want to tell people that. You're good. I don't think you made it confusing at all. I just think that I want people to re recognize that the two sides of two different coins, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but yet they have some, some similar skills. So with that being said, um, talking about the SDR role, can you talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly? Oh, actually, you know what? Let me backtrack. 
I like that question. I'm going to definitely ask that question. But let's talk about how to do it was pretty quick and easy. Can you talk about the interview process that you had to becoming an SDR? Yes. Okay. So first I want to point out that I, I was on a 30 day challenge. So I applied for 30 days nonstop until I got hired somewhere. And shout out to one of the former instructors at Careerist. He started his own community and I joined that and he put us on this challenge. So I was on day 18 of day 30 of that 30 day challenge, um, interviewed. Uh, the whole process took about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Um, by day 23 of the challenge, I got my offer letter. Um, started my job, I got trained. I'm sorry, what was the, the question actually? Well, that was good, the interview process. But I'm actually, here's what, here's what I want you to do. I want to talk about that challenge first, and then let's go to the interview process, because the challenge is very interesting to me. Uh, 20, day 23. So you had to basically apply every single day for 30 days to a job. How many jobs? That's very interesting. Honestly, I stopped keeping a score. I just would set my timer. <laughs> I would set my timer for like maybe an hour or two hours a night or a day and just apply. Now in the beginning, I was counting the applications, but I noticed that that started to give me anxiety. So I'm just like, let me just apply to what I can apply to within this time frame and that worked better for me. Um, but you know, I was applying beforehand, but I was not consistent with it. It wasn't until I got on this 30 day challenge that um, I saw more success with interviewing. And of the first day through the 18th day, I must've been on about seven, maybe eight interviews. And then when I found this company that I'm at now today, I'm like, okay, this is my job. I just know that this is the company I want to work for. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to date this video, but because you never know what could happen in the future. But just go to my LinkedIn page and see where I work. You'll see how it perfectly aligns with my background, the story that I just told. But yeah, so when I got um, this interview request with this company, I just knew that it was my job. I gave it my all. I um, asked great questions. I would see certain articles um, from other companies and I would tag the co-founders in the um, in the article so they could see it because I, I thought it would help the company. And um, that really put me over the, the competition. And they shared with me like, when they saw that I was doing those things, I was working before I got the job, they shared with me that's what made them want to hire me. Do the job too? <laughs> the job! I feel like those old commercials Bronco commercial said it and for get it. I don't know if you remember that one, but little ovens that they had get the job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna highlight that gem first and then I'm gonna go back to that Thursday job. That one I did keep it, but you did the job to get the job, right? So, you and this is a reason why I'm highlighting this for people because my audience, the people that are listening to this, are people that are on the fringe. They want to get into tech or they're already in tech at course careers, or whatever the case may be, at some boot camp and they're trying to get over the hump. So, so what you did. You find articles, specific articles that were relatable to the job, to the field that you're looking to get into. Sent that research, your prospect, uh, to, to as a gift almost, to be able to show, I think this will be beneficial for you. This will be helpful for you and in your business. I understand it. And the reason why I'm saying that is because we had a, had a training recently. And when I say recently, a couple months ago, about from one of our key uh, people that work in sales. And he's like, hey, you oftentimes salespeople want to ask for things. Why don't you approach, a, especially a new prospect, with a gift, something you want to give? And mm -hmm. I don't even know if you knew that, but you were doing that. You were providing a gift. You're providing a resource to them. 
and you weren't asking for anything in turn. Of course, you want to interview for the job. But in the, that particular instance, you're not asking for anything. You're giving something of value to them that not only shows that you are considering considerate of what they do, but you also show that you're knowledgeable about what they do. So that was a gem right there. If y'all don't catch that, I'm throwing it to you right now. Catch it again. When you're doing a job to get the job, stuff like that will set you apart. Like that will set you apart. And so with that being said, I got to peel back the onion to that 30 day challenge, because listen, if y'all have been struggling to land a job in tech sales, do the 30 day challenge sales cadence. Don't forget to sales cadence. Do that part too. Do the 30 day challenge, right? And how many, so you set a time from an hour a day for 30 days until you got a job pretty much, right? Yep. I would use um, LinkedIn. Um, sometimes I use easy apply, but I would always go to whatever company that was. I would go to their website and apply on the company website after mm -hmm. I, uh, easy apply to just take that extra step. Um, yeah, I would do it whether I was tired or not. And interesting, I didn't mention this, but the 18th day, I was super exhausted. I didn't want to be bothered with, but something told me to just apply anyway. So I'm like, I'm going to just do two applications and go to sleep. Um, so I submitted two applications. Then something God told me to scroll down the LinkedIn page just one last time before I closed my laptop. And I did that. And that's when I saw the company that I work for now. And I was like, oh, wow. As soon as I saw the... The company and what they stood for, that mission and vision, I instantly woke up. Like, I had energy all of a sudden. And I applied on the website and then I reached out to the co-founder because it's a, um, a startup. So they don't have an HR team just yet. So I reached out to the co-founder, sent her a, a message and the rest is history. Yeah. Man, man. And so, and now I'm going to go back to the interview process. You said, like, how did that interview process look like for you going through that? It was, um, the first word that comes to my mind is laid back, but at the same time, it wasn't laid back. In comparison to working in corporate for so many years, <laughs> it was nothing like those interviews. It, it was, well, the interviews were, were fun, but at the same time, they seriously wanted to know my background, um, why I was interested in the role. Oh, and I was able to tell my story in full detail. Because of their mission and vision, it aligned with my background. So um, I wouldn't always share my story of being inspired to break into tech because of my father, because I just didn't know how I would, would receive that information. So with this interview with this company, I was just fully transparent, was able to be myself and tell my story and showcase my personality more. And I believe those things um, in conjunction with my background and just the way that I present myself, that's what got me the job. All right, so now you're in tech. Talk about the day in a life as a as a SDR or a BDR. Um, definitely being on the phones. Um, and here's the thing too, I feel the need to say this. For people that's trying to break into tech as a SDR, BDR, well, for me, I'm not always on the phone. I send emails, I um, do some LinkedIn outreach. So I'm not on the phone all day, but I am, I am on the phone every day. Um, trying to find the right fit for the software that aligns with the, the company that I'm speaking to, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so a day in the life of an SDR, for me, I'm not always, now I am on the phone every day, but not day every day. I felt the need to say that because some people um, 
maybe looking at SDR, BDR rolling if you have to be on the phone all the time. And that's not always the case, at least with me. It's not. So I'm uh, also sending emails out, um, following up, um, making LinkedIn connections, networking that way, and just trying to find the right company um, that will align or are software useful for their company. So yeah, that's the day in the life, um, trying to meet quotas and best that I can. And I'm still learning to as well. So I hear that. And can you talk about the autonomy that you have now? Or do you feel like you have somebody breathing over your back every time you're doing something? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So with me um, also working on the West Coast, I have to wake up a little earlier than everybody else. But at the same time, I finish earlier than you know, a lot of people. So days um, about 6.30 a.m. West Coast time, about 8.30, 9.30 Eastern Standard, Central. So I'm off West Coast time. I get done with my tasks by sometimes, maybe 2 p.m. So I love that. Um, I love the fact that I get to work from home 100%, um, get to eat what I want when I want to. That's the issue I had working uh, in person. I'm not always hungry at the same time. So, you know, the whole lunch hour thing, go to lunch at 12 or one o'clock. I always had an issue with that but I don't have to worry about that right now. Not anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. And the autonomy is awesome. So just give me what I need to do or let me know what I need to do. I work down my list until I'm done and then off to do something else. But um, yeah, I love it. I yeah. know this. <laughs> I was going to say, for those that are on the West Coast, y'all get yourself an East Coast company because y'all are going <laughs> to love it. Like, I have another coworker who lives on the West Coast and his day is done by two he has a whole day and, and if you think about it you go to sleep right let's say you go to sleep at normal nine maybe ten right eight, eight is for i guess because I, I have kids and that's why i'm always tired <laughs> so my bedtime might be a little bit early than y'all so let's say let's say 10 11 right you get to sleep you, let's say you want to wake up early work out whatever five o'clock maybe 4 30 and you start work at 6 30 and you're done by two you know how much time you have left that is the game changer right there for you. So yeah, definitely do that. Um, now it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. Now, um, we're getting ready to wrap it up. I'm going to ask a couple more questions before that. One is let's talk, let's give you the real, they wanted to know, okay, everybody's talking about how good tech is that we talked about the good. Now what's the bad and even the ugly side of tech. Do you have any stories or do you have any sort of, uh, instances where you feel like, oh man, I don't like this part of tech. You can be honest and transparent and say, nope. Or you get to be honest and transparent and say, yeah, there's a couple of things. I can't think of anything except when my technology, um, when my internet goes down. I <laughs> just moved into a new apartment recently, so I can definitely attest to this. And the internet was uh, acting up. It kept going in and out. I couldn't get done what I needed to get done. So work kind of piled up for the next day. But yeah, I don't too much like when the technology goes out because I don't know how to fix it and having to wait on a cable person or a technician to come by that was kind of a little irritating so no, no, I, I'm laughing because I'm up in Missouri if our internet's working like, <laughs> it, like we don't like our, our, our people are nice um, at least from my company I can speak for myself my people are nice my manager's great work-life balance if if, you know, if I'm working after hours she's like what are you doing here <laughs> home you know I know you're already home but log yeah. off it's a totally different animal and in regards to uh what you just said you said something just now that made me think i believe 
in regards to something that you said a lot earlier is that you wanted to have a job where you could kind of get in your laptop and go do you have that now do you work remotely or do you work from home i work 100 percent remote and actually mm. i'm just talking to my sister about um surprising my nephew when he gets out of school in may because they still live in atlanta and um i want to come down just book a one-way ticket down there and, and surprise him and just bring my laptop with me and work while i'm there at my sister's house and so i decided to come back here to phoenix oh man and then you have to actually work the nine to five hours <laughs> oh but that here y'all hear this y'all she works remote now there's a difference between working from home and working remote working from home means you only can work from home you can't take a laptop other places they're checking on you big brother big you know they're checking on you <laughs> they're making sure that their equipment is where it's supposed to be some companies are work from home companies however that's not bad but what's even better than that is a working for a remote company where you could travel the world you just gotta have make sure you have your inch there um and wake up and be in time for your meetings but you literally could travel the entire world the entire world and be able to uh, keep your job and have experiences like none other so imagine doing this in portugal imagine doing this in zimbabwe imagine doing this in other parts of the world uh in brazil or wherever you want to go and visit you can do that now in the mind they, they have some perks and we're going to talk about that before we get into the mindset but you can take your pto to, of course to go but if you can save your pto uh and then just just experience life in a different part of the world why not and with that being said if you don't mind sharing what are some of the perks that you're experiencing working with your company um being flown out to the headquarters Come on um, now. flown out huh? they pay for all that they, they paid for all that so i i was just in kansas city uh where, where the headquarters are i was there in uh no in march and then um, in June, I'm looking at my calendar here. <laughs> in June, I'll actually be in Las Vegas for a conference they're sending me to. And get that at that conference, one of those nights, one of my favorite performers is performing, and that's Janet Jackson. So I get to go to a Janet Jackson concert, you know, on, you know, on the company. So I love that. Uh, the the um, they're gonna send me a plant for, you know, know that I moved to a new place recently, so they're gonna send me a plant. I never got that before from other employers. Yeah, it's just awesome. And just the whole mindset, just how everybody thinks innovatively. And yeah, I just feel like it's a great fit for me. And I gotta commend you. Uh, I gotta commend you on doing something that, and not to discourage anybody else who's wanting to pursue being a sales engineer. I don't wanna discourage that at all. I commend you for pivoting in such a way to realizing there is value in maybe not being what you want to be as an SC right now, but being an SDR because it's opening you up to all these opportunities that you probably wouldn't have experienced if you were, if you, you know, didn't get to where you wanted to go right away. So right. that's, that's, and you on that. That's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of money involved in that decision. So, so uh, wrapping up here, what is a mindset you would say one needs to have to not only be where you are, but also the scale from there. What comes to mind first is one of my favorite quotes, and I don't have it memorized, but I do have it here. It's by Earl Nightingale. Um, Never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it because the time will pass anyway. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people, um, they look at some boot camps and they're like, oh, this is four months or this is three months long. 
But for course careers, it's however long you want it to be. For me, I started at 4th and I'm, I was finished with it uh, April 6th or 7th. I just haven't taken the test yet. But um, yeah, the course is, um, you know, just, you just have to keep in mind, again, going back to that quote, the time is going to pass anyway. So the more you come and haul about it or the more you kind of go back, especially if you know you have money and you can finance it as well you know, pay a certain amount every two weeks or however, however it's set up. I don't know. Um, yeah, just get your ducks in a row. Um, focus. Don't give up. Don't quit and surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, just feel you can always reach out to me via LinkedIn. I don't mind helping people tell you that, you know, people can attest that that's very true, uh, especially being in careers. So I was just helping people uh, left and right with interviews and resumes, things like that. But um, yeah, just surround yourself with a great community. Um, doesn't have to be a lot of people and just keep your eyes focused. That's right, eyes on the prize. Your time's gonna pass anyway, might as well put your, might as well go for the gold, right? Exactly. right. That, that's so good. And and everybody, if you wanna follow uh, Jared on her journey, go ahead, the link is in the bottom right here. You click on LinkedIn, you'll follow her. You could reach out to her for coaching advice. Uh, she was able to pivot in multiple different ways, you know, not only uh, but also where she lives. And, and now she's experiencing a whole, she will experience Janet Jackson, have a whole new experience. So, so yeah, you connect with that. Uh, so it's a pleasure to have you, Jared. I do appreciate you being here. Yeah. No, no. Thank you so much. It was definitely a pleasure. Uh, and so with that being said, um, we're going to wrap it up here. It was it was conversation, folks, and I'm so glad y'all were able to sit in and join this conversation. Like always, I always say till next time. Sincerely, I hope to see you on the other side, the tech side. <laughs> Take care, family. <laughs>